Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Um, so I'd like to say good evening to everybody. Um, I hope everybody also grabbed their glass of wine, um, drinks, whatever, favorite snacks, favorite juice boxes, whatever makes you happy and content for this evening. I hope you, um, you grabbed it. So I'd like to welcome everybody um, and thank you for joining the Get With It Women in Tech for our first virtual event of 2020 for the Cleveland chapter. I'm Melissa Greller of the Get With It um, Cleveland chapter serving as secretary. And I'm proud to present our guest speaker, Jamie Valori, who will be speaking to Agile in the tech world and how it could be used to improve your day today. Uh, just to give you some background about the Get Witted, the Get Witted organization originally started in Columbus as a local group of women wanting a conference to support women in technical careers and has grown into a nonprofit organization with the mission to unite and leverage a community's social capital to increase women in technology through programs, resources, and structured activities. Our vision is to provide local communities with a catalyst for economic growth created by women's innovations in technology. Since Columbus, the Great Witted Organization has expanded into Cleveland in 2018 and then has grown into Pittsburgh and Cincinnati um, as of last year. Our organization embraces women, men, and people of all identities who are passionate about seeing more women in IT and leadership. The goal of our organization is to network, make connections, empower women, and learn more about the tech industry, and which is why we're all here tonight. We're here to make everybody be awesome. My slides are a little slow for turning, so I do apologize. Um, we just want to let you know of an upcoming event um, in two weeks on April 29th um, for a Lunch and Learn. We go are going to have a path to tech, um, and it is to find a career that works for you. So we're going to have a panel of people in various roles that will be able to um, answer any questions you may have or um, just talk about their career and and how they got into technology and, and just a little bit about what they do. So hope uh, be on the lookout for that information. I also want to let everybody know um, we do have our Get With It conference, um, the WITCON 2020, which our theme this year is a century of disruption on November 16th, which will be at Case Western Reserve University. So save the date, um, but the information is to come. And I also want to let everybody know that we also have a call for speakers. So if you're really passionate about speaking and sharing your knowledge um, with other, other amazing people, um, our deadline uh, for uh, the speaker submission is May 30th, which has been extended. I also want um, to let everybody know if you want to be more connected with this group, uh, you can connect with us. Um, there is a Get Witted page for the Cleveland chapter in LinkedIn. As well, we also have a Facebook page um, and anybody can join and follow for more events to come or just be connected with other women or other people of the tech industry. 
Um, so just to give you a little introduction, this is not really Jamie. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little expression and probably how we're all feeling um, during this time. Um, but I just want to let you know a little bit about Jamie. So Jamie Valori is a resident of Cleveland, Ohio, and was introduced to Agile about four years ago. Her Agile journey has led her to a great success by incorporating this mindset into all aspects of her life. As a senior scrum master and a coach for Highland Software, Jamie has built strong partnerships with all levels of leadership and coached her team in their Agile practices. It is through these partnerships that she has been able to support the organization through their Agile transformation. When she hangs up her professional hat, Jamie spends her time dabbling in photography, reading, and spending time outdoors with her family. So at the end of the presentation, before I introduce or I let Jamie take the floor, um, I just want to let everybody know that we do have chat available. And at the end of the presentation, we'll allow about 30 minutes for a little Q&A for Jamie or anybody on the Get With It board. We will allow people to unmute themselves at the end, or you can feel free to post questions throughout the presentation or at the end, and then we will have somebody monitor the chat. So without further delay, I'd like to welcome Jamie um, to all of you this evening. Good evening, everyone. I'm so excited and honored to be here with all of you. Congrats to this awesome group of women for successfully launching their first virtual event. Thank you so much for the Get What It Board for giving me this opportunity. Before we begin, I want to take a moment of silence and send some positive vibes to all those frontline hospital workers and first responders that are out there keeping us safe and helping humanity heal from this awful virus. Thank you. We are living in some really tough times, and I don't know about all of you, but I feel like if I were being great at my ability to be a full-time worker, elementary and middle school teacher, and all things hospitality management manager, I would get an X. Not even an F, an X. Let's face it, this is really hard. What many of us are being asked to do is not humanly possible. In fact, I'd argue that what we're asked of ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis, pre-COVID-19, rocked our world was not humanly possible at all. Today, we're going to talk about a mindset called Agile. We're gonna talk about how its methodologies can be applied to software production and how they can also be applied to everyday life. My goal for this presentation is to foster that concept of slowing down to speed up. And by the end of our time together, I hope that all of you are able to walk away from this with some extra tools in your tool belt so that you're able to be a little bit more armed and empowered to forge through all of this. So with that, Everyone, please close your eyes, and on my count, take a deep breath in four, hold four, and release four. One, two, three, four, hold. One, two, three, four, release. One, two, three, four. Keep your eyes closed. We're going to do it one more time. In one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, and release, one, two, three, four. Now open your eyes. Welcome back. So I bet at this point you're wondering, who the heck is this lady, and why did Get Wedded ask her to come talk to us? Well, who am I? As Melissa mentioned, I am Jamie Valori, 
I'm a senior Scrum Master at Highland Software, and I've been with Highland for about five years, working as an Agile practitioner with them for about four. In that time, I've supported many different facets of the business and a multitude of teams that span across several verticals of our product and delivery or area of the organization. I'm also currently an Agile program coordinator for our finance and administration subprogram that resides within our larger healthcare program. These smart and talented, I've had the privilege of working with these smart and talented individuals for a little over three years, and it has been incredibly inspiring to watch their full Agile transformation. Not only have they embraced Agile along with its tools and processes, but they've used their autonomy to excel the success of their products. I am extremely passionate about public speaking and training, and I truly believe that knowledge is useless unless it's shared. So everyone deserves a chance to learn and thrive in a safe, healthy, and autonomous environment. This passion most recently led me to co-found the meetup group Women in Agile Cleveland with four amazing women. We had our first meetup group a few months ago, but because of all that's going on, um, we decided to postpone our last meetup. But look for a virtual meetup in May, and at the end of my presentation, I will share some more details about how you can join us and how you can come to one of our events and, and reap the benefits. So outside of my professional life, I have a personal life like the rest of you. I'm a mom of two beautiful boys, ages 7 and 12. My latest accomplishments as a mom since this quarantine began definitely include destroying Common Core math for my youngest and all social, social norms for my oldest. In fact, my oldest will be 13 in June, and my husband and I are learning to navigate raising a teenager. I figure after 15 years or 16 years of navigating each other and surviving 14 years of marriage, there's hope for us to make it through. Beyond the personal aspects, I'm an individual. I'm not just a mom and a, mo a mom and a wife. And most like all of you, I'm a human being that has been asked to do the impossible. When all this started, I felt like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, hence the picture. I felt like I was jumping out of an airplane, only I couldn't see the land. And guess what? I am terrified of heights. And like all of you, I'm trying my best to navigate this new temporary norm. Fortunately, I've been able to use the agile mindset that I coach and foster daily as a professional and apply it to my personal life a little bit. And it's helped me to find that land and navigate my chute. And this mindset is what I want to share with all of you. But to better understand how I was able to do this, I'm going to need to explore a bit of what Agile is and what a Scrum Master does day to day. To start, Agile is a mindset. It is important to understand that it is a way of thinking and acting that needs to not only be understood, but actually embraced to work. Yes, I said mindset. So for all of you sitting worried comparing your physical agility to that of an expert yoga instructor, you can rest easy. I'm not asking you to break any bones. When I say agile, I'm talking about reprogramming yourself to think more proactively rather than reactively to your responsibilities and the world around you. Things like focusing on having those important conversations face-to-face -face, rather than relying solely on process and tools to drive that information or the quality of what you're doing and the collaboration with others over heavily relying on heavy documentation or even electronic devices the way we do these days. And last but not least, being able to quickly respond to change when it's needed and accepting that things will and need to change. Think of an onion, if you will. The more layers of an onion that you peel back, the more that you reveal. Hmm, values and principles. 
That sounds familiar. What if we took the word mindset and added life in front of it? In fact, what does it look like when we add life in front of all the layers of the onion? Keep that thought in your mind. You're going to need it later. Agile is driven by four values and 12 principles and a basket full of practices, tools, and processes. But the biggest part of it is that mindset. And in order to support the adoption of this mindset, an Agilist needs a tool belt. And this is where the rest comes in. An Agilist, like a Scrum Master, well, what does a Scrum Master do? To simplify it, a Scrum Master coaches, fosters, and facilitates the Agile mindset within teams' programs of an, organiza of an organization. Well, you might be asking yourself, how does a Scrum Master do that? Well, a Scrum Master teaches individuals and teams and programs Agile values, principles, and software methodologies. They coach them on how to apply them to the way that they work together, manage and maintain their product backlogs, and ultimately, how they build and sell their software. Processes like Scrum and Kanban, or methodologies like extreme programming, test-driven or behavior-driven development. DevOps. A Scrum Master coaches teams on how to proactively identify and remove roadblocks and dependencies that may prevent them from being able to do their work. And they also help programs and teams optimize that flow, maintain their boundaries so that the teams remain as autonomous as possible. Yes, autonomous. That word is really important in Agile. The goal of a Scrum Master, or really any Agilist, is to plant that seed of self-organization and autonomy that guides individuals and groups to a place where they're able to continuously water that seed on their own and grow. It's like saying that saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. An Agilist leads them to water, and not only do we let them figure out how to drink it, we make sure that they know how to find it again the next time they need it. A Scrum Master also facilitates problem solving and alignment by driving open communication, transparency, and critical thinking. They're always striving to foster the idea of setting reasonable goals, working together as a unit, removing that it's not my job mentality, and guiding the idea of responsiveness and continuous improvement. So we're going to take some time and reflect. This is most definitely a high-level overview of what a Scrum Master provides to an organization. But you're armed with enough to think about this. How does this role fit into your life right now and into your life in the future? What would it look like if you became the scrum master of your life? Hold on to that thought. You're going to need it in a little bit. But before we get into that, I want to talk about how you measure success. What does success look like? Well, to a scrum master, when we're supporting our teams, we might use metrics to paint a picture, things like cycle time or how long it takes for work to completed, be completed from start to finish, or maybe throughput, meaning how much work does a team accomplish in a set amount of time, and how often does that number change? Are they predictable? Are they reliable? Are they able to deliver? These are all tools that Scrum Masters and their teams can utilize to start conversations and reflect and focus on the right areas for improvement. These metrics give teams something visible, transparent, tangible to reflect on. Well, how does this translate into real life? Well, success can't be measured by metrics all the time. 
People and their, in their ugh, sorry, people and their interactions can't be equated to numbers and graphs. It is important to allow a space for reflection, whether you're working with a team, a family, or just yourself. The beautiful thing is that you determine what that success looks like and how it's measured. One of the biggest things that a scrum master looks for is to see if the team is overextending themselves and committing to more than they can possibly deliver. Because a team that is working at full capacity is less efficient and less productive than a team working at reduced capacity. What does this mean? It means slow down to speed up. A true agilist fosters that idea that it's necessary to slow down in order to speed up. Get your bearings, find your footing, proactively remove that nail on the road before you hit it and get a flat tire, or you become somebody else's tow truck. If you aspire to feel like Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious movie, then put the work into your car. Start with the frame. Ponder this. If I am working at full capacity, am I truly being efficient and productive? How often do you feel like you have a million things that are started but not yet finished? I know I do. Create smart goals for yourself. And I don't mean Albert Einstein smart. I mean specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Remember, if everything is a priority, nothing's a priority. Our minds are influenced by our vision. The more that we make visible, the easier it is to see and communicate and adapt to be intentional. Who has ever heard of the framing effect? The way we present information can greatly influence our change or change the decision-making about that information or impact the rationale behind how we make our decisions. Transparency and communication are key. So whether you're looking to cope as an individual with a family or as a professional, it all starts with this simple concept. Stop starting, start finishing. Build a tool belt for yourself. Set yourself, set your family up for success. Now I'm gonna need all of you to get your pen and your paper and have it ready in front of you. And I want you all to take a look at the slide in front of you. Maybe you identify with one of them. Maybe you identify with all of them. Maybe you're, you're the housewife or the mom that's got a million things going on. You're working and you're coming home and you're responsible for all the chores. Or maybe you are just the only person and you're responsible for everything for you, for your world. Maybe you're a caregiver and you have to take care of somebody else, like a parent. Maybe you're just that professional or that person who has a million responsibilities on their plate. And the only thing that you see when you close your eyes is all those things fluttering through your mind. Or maybe you have some fur babies, and those fur babies just don't quite understand why you're home all the time, and why when you're home, you're not walking them and playing with them. What do you mean? This is my time when you're here. They don't understand. Take a moment to write down three areas of your personal life that are of the highest priority to get a better, to get a better handle on. Don't overthink it. Maybe it's homeschooling or household chores. Maybe it's professional, but from a personal standpoint. You might just need to be better organized for yourself or for yourself at work to be a better professional, better person and handle all this. 
And if you guys have those written down, I want you to go ahead and draw or write a star next to the one that is of the highest priority to you. What is your MVP? The most valuable piece, the most valuable thing that's going to give you the most value if you get it done. What needs to get done first that will quickly provide value to you and to your life right now? And below that, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we're going to create a backlog. A backlog. What's that? Well, when you have an MVP in our world, in the tech world, in the software industry, we need a backlog. And that backlog is, is all the work that has to be done in order to successfully deliver that, deliver that piece of software. For you, it's deliver that completed chore or task to yourself. If you're a developer writing software, you're going to say, well, what do I need to do before I can even start writing my code? Well, what do you need to do before you can start executing on that task? In the software industry, we could call this an enabler. These can be research or architectural. Well, let's look at an example here on the board. Say my MVP is that I need to mulch my yard. What does breaking that down into SMART goals look like for me? How do I break this work out into smaller chunks that are more attainable? I need to slow down before I can pick up my pace and execute. What do I need to do before I can lay down the mulch? Well, edging the flower bed is an enabler. It allows you to prepare your flower beds for the mulch. Calling to get pricing is research, right? So that might be a good start. Both of these take time and effort from you. Maybe during our brain dump, you resonated with the image of the octopus human. And although you like the idea of organized scrum board, it isn't really realistic for you. All the things that you're responsible for on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe you resonated with the picture of the person that gives an, a sense of an overwhelmed mental state because you have a million things going on in your mind and all the tasks that need to get completed. Maybe like me, you resonate with both. Find what works best for you. If you identify with the overly burdened mind and need to make sense of all the tasks that are running through your thoughts, a process like Scrum might give you what you're looking for. You set a framework by timeboxing yourself for the week and setting a goal, a SMART goal. For example, I know that I'm not going to be able to get my yard completely mulched in one week with all of my other responsibilities. What I can commit to is edging the flower beds and finding the right supplier with the best price. But I'm going to set a limit on myself and on my research. We could research something forever if we let ourselves. So I'm going to say I'm going to pick the top three. I'm going to research Lowe's and Maria's Gardens and Home Depot. Make sure the tasks are putting on your board have the information and the details that you need to stay focused and efficient. Break that work out into reasonable chunks and give yourself that credit for accomplishing those things. 
You can create a scrum board for the child that is struggling to focus at home in a classroom. Call it a focus board. Allow your children to move their own cards. Let them own their progress. Start the day with a quick meeting together to talk about all the goals. In Agile, we call this a daily stand-up. Use this time to allow them to share their expectations of themselves with you, where they might be struggling, and to guide them down the right path for the day. You can create a chore board to foster accountability and visibility for yourself and for your family. So when Lucas and Ava complain that they don't have any clean socks or underwear, you can give them the chore board. And you can say, hey, go look, and you'll find the answer on your own. Lead them to the water and teach them how to get back there the next time. Give them a chance to do something critical, some kind of critical thinking on their own, and provide these actions can lead to a stronger, more independent child, an extremely valuable life lesson. If you identify with this image and need a process that will allow you to manage different types of responsibilities and tasks that are continuously flowing, or maybe you're the one providing that continuous flow of critical things to a family that needs you to keep going, in Agile, we call this a value stream. Maybe you're a teacher that is responsible for the remotely educating a classroom full of 20-plus kids now. Kanban might be the thing for you. And it's different than Scrum because it takes a more systematic approach and requires that work in progress limits be, working progress limits be set and visible. There is no time box and there is a continuous flow of work. So for a teacher tracking kids, a Kanban board might look like this. You might have your students, you might set limits on yourself as a teacher. I know that if I have one thing in blocked, that's my limit. I need to make sure that I'm addressing that right away. I need to make sure that I'm talking to that student to see why they're blocked and if they need help. I also want to set that limit at two for needs a grade because I don't want to build up my backlog of work to do. If I stay on top of my grading as the kids are turning in their work, then maybe I'll have a little bit extra time for that glass of wine later on. Set limits on yourself. Set yourself up for success. Allow yourself to keep focus. Not, don't become your own bottleneck. Don't build a huge backlog for yourself that you can't get out from underneath. Although Scrum and Kanban take different approaches to workflow, they are similar in that agile processes, they leave room for adaption and reflection. Take time to review the week's accomplishments. Take the time to reflect, or in Agile words, retrospect. Whether it's with your family, your partner, or yourself, address adding or switching out tasks that may come up and be of higher priority with something that isn't. Listen to see if someone isn't getting something that they need or something that they want. And that includes yourself. Talk about how long things are taking and why they might not be getting done. Talk about that cycle time. Think about how much is getting done versus how much is being committed to. Are we asking too much of ourselves at home? Talk about the throughput. Plan a week to innovate instead of your usual chores and tasks. Since many of us have had to postpone or cancel our vacations, use this time to make a staycation for yourself and for your family. Most of all, take the time 
to celebrate the wins. Now we are going to take that piece of paper. If you have another one, use another one. If you don't, you can flip it over. We're going to work on making our own board. So we're going to think about that MVP, the thing that we really want to fix the most. And we're going to think about if we had to break that down into an agile board, what would that look like? And maybe it's Scrum or maybe it's Kanban. Whatever works best for you. I'm going to give you a couple minutes and I want you to think about the top priorities of that MVP. What are the things, maybe three at most, that you need to get done or could get done in a week's time to accomplish those goals? All right, so now that we've made our own working Scrum or Kanban board, I want you to think about the things that are stopping you from being able to successfully complete that MVP. And we're going to take that piece of paper on another area or another page, and we're going to make our own retrospective board. We're going to talk about being on a boat. Imagine yourself on a boat. You're sailing. I know I would much rather be on a boat right now than stuck at home, and I'm sure all of you would too. Make sure that you include gratitude in your column and you celebrate those wins. So we're going to make a column that says, wind to my sails, walk the plank, anchors, iceberg, just like the Titanic, straight ahead. Gratitude and celebrate. And in a minute, I'm going to tell you what those mean. So what, are, what does all this mean? I'm sailing on a boat. Maybe I have a cocktail in my hand. I'm enjoying the beautiful sunny weather. There is no snow outside. Well, we're going to do a sailboat retrospective together, but you're going to do it a reflection for yourself. You're going to think about the thing, the most important thing, that MVP, and the things that are stopping you from getting there, or maybe the things that are helping you to get there. So we're going to go through the columns. I'm going to give you guys about three minutes just to storm. Don't overthink it. And we're going to talk about the wind to your sails. What is working and keeping you moving forward? What 
about the walk the plank? What is keeping you from moving forward? It's working, but it could really break at any time. What about the anchors, the things that are absolutely stopping you from moving forward and holding you back? Or how about that iceberg? Are you Rose on the Titanic? What do you foresee? Or maybe you're Jack on the Titanic and you can see that iceberg coming. You know it's going to hit. What is going to be the problem or the impediment in the future that's going to stop you from achieving that goal? All right. So there are many different types of retrospective techniques out there. Lots of different websites like Tasty Cupcake that you can go out there to and find different ways to retrospect with yourself. Keep this with you, this retrospective that you did for yourself. And when this presentation is over, I want you to use this as your starting point. Whatever you don't have time to fill in now, go back and fill in later. Remember, if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. Create SMART goals for yourself, for your family, for your projects, for your own sanity. Our minds are influenced by our vision. And the more that we make visible, the easier that it is to communicate and adapt to that. Be intentional. Our decisions and the rationale behind them are greatly influenced by the way information is presented to our minds. Set yourself up for success. Transparency and communication are definitely key. Whether you are looking to cope as an individual with a family or as a professional. Take the time to celebrate those wins. It isn't always going to be perfect, and you're going to find things that need work or that don't work, but don't forget to celebrate those wins, even if the big win for the day or the week is taking a shower. Yes, I said it. Celebrate it. So those mamas out there with little ones or those dads with little ones, yeah, that counts too. Don't try to change everything at once. Pace yourself. Your life is only a circus if you let it be. Sometimes in trying to fix one thing, we break another that was way more important to us to keep constant. It is all about slowing down to speed up. So start slowing down to speed up. So as mentioned before, I have um, 
I have provided to you guys contact information. If you're interested in joining, joining the Cleveland Women in Agile group, meetup group, um, I've left the URL there on, on the board. Um, you can contact me on Twitter or LinkedIn. And I am so grateful to all of you for allowing me to take this time to talk to you today. I truly hope that you got something out of this, that you're able to take a few of these tools and relate them back to your, your everyday life, that that scrum board that we created starts or inspires you to move forward with it, or that retrospective helps you um, to think about the things that are going well, to think about the things you might need to change. Maybe it's a conversation with your family because you're all on top of each other working together and the space just is too small. I know I struggle with that at my house. I have two kids and a husband and we're all trying to work and, and go through school together. So sometimes we just need to take that time at the end of the week and say, I know I was a little bit short this week, but this isn't working for me. What can we do as a family to make that change? What can we do? How can we retrospect on this and make the changes that we need so that I feel a little stressed and I feel like I'm set up for success more? Or maybe your child is struggling because they don't feel like they're getting enough from you or it's too noisy because mom and dad are working and the noise is just so loud they can't focus or concentrate. But give them that that platform. Let them talk about that. Let them share their feelings with you. Let them own them and let you know what they need from you or maybe what they need from themselves. Give yourself that time to retrospect. Don't overdo it. Don't try to overcomplicate it and do more than you're able of do, capable of doing. Share your successes with yourself, with each other, with your family, with your partner, whoever it is most important for you to do that with. Remember to give yourself gratitude on your, on your um, retrospective boards. I made sure that you guys put gratitude and, and celebration. It's not just about that celebration. Maybe it's gratitude for your, to yourself for making it through another quarantined week. Maybe it's gratitude for your family for putting up with you and, and all the pressure and stress that you've been over building a presentation. I know that was me this week. I'm going to celebrate on my day off tomorrow. I took a day off. That's my way of celebrating. So I can say thank you to my kids and to my husband and have some time together that's focused on just them. They need that as much as I do. Thank you so much for letting me be here and letting me talk to all of you. I hope that you all stay safe, happy, and very healthy. So with all of that, um, this is just a reminder for our upcoming events on April 29th in two weeks. Um, we have a lunch and learn. Um, there, you can register through the Eventbrite link. And those links can be found on our Facebook page as well as our LinkedIn. And then Kelly um, just posted something in our chat. And on May 30th, just a reminder, is our call to speakers deadline. Uh, and that is in uh, preparation for November 16th, which is our um, WITCON 2020 conference. So with that, um, you're all able to unmute yourselves if you have a question for Jamie, or if you're a little too shy, you can also post your question in the chat, and one of us um, from Get With It can read it. Or if you have any questions for the Get With It itself, too, um, please feel free. This is your time. All right, I'll start. 
Um, Jamie, are there areas um, within your life that you can apply, other areas in your life that you can apply agility or agile? So could you be more specific? Um, so like I could definitely see that this is something that could be successful for my my 20 year old that's in college um, for using yeah. agile to help with his schoolwork. Absolutely. Uh, this is a type of mindset, like I said, a mindset that can drive many things. It can help folks that are not always so organized be organized. Um, it can help those like, like a 20-year-old who's going to college, who's learning how to be an adult on their own for the very first time with all the other struggles and concerns and the weight of the world that they once really didn't have to worry about because mom and dad did it for them, right? So for sure, they could use that to, to process their work. They could use it to figure out how to, how to budget their bills, really. All the important things, you know, that they need to learn on top of being a good steward and a good student. Okay, uh, there's a question in chat. Uh, yeah. She said, thanks for this. Um, I have a question for Jamie. What would be the, uh, what would be good indicators of ways that Agile is working and that efforts are succeeding? Any good Agile metric templates to track success? So it depends on if you're looking for it for professional reasons versus personal reasons. If you're looking for it for professional reasons, there is something called Actionable Agile, and it's a tool that we often use uh, in, in Scrum or as Scrum Masters, it tracks the cycle time throughput, um, things like cumulative flow diagrams that allow us to kind of get insight into the metrics of a team and how they're performing, how they're working, and what if they're able to deliver what they're committing to, how long it's taking them to do that. If you're looking for it for a more personal reason, I'd say your best bet is really to rely on those retrospectives. Those retrospectives are very, very important because it allows you time to reflect on your boards. It allows you time to reflect whether it's just you as an individual, um, maybe you with a team that's, that's not technical, maybe it's a teacher who wants to talk about what's going well with a group of students or with their classroom, right? There's many different ways through a retrospective and different retrospective techniques that you can visibly look at that work, visibly look at what you've committed to, visibly look at what's broken, maybe concerns, and have those open conversations. Although metrics are really great, I will always tell you from experience that the most important way to measure success is to have those conversations. And for me as a Scrum Master, the way that I know that it's truly been successful is that my teams are autonomous, that they're self-organizing, that where once they've asked me to do things for them, they no longer ask me because they really do know where to get the water from and they do drink it on their own. Another question in chat. This is for Maria. Can you share the four values of Agile? Like, how did they come about? So Agile came um, on a, a ski trip. <laughs> a, few, a few guys were on a ski trip, and they created what's called the Agile Manifesto. And it's basically, basically common, common core values, right? People matter over process and tools. Sure, process and tools are important, but people and their collaboration, their interactions, those are more important. Comprehensive documentation might be helpful, but the quality of the software or the quality of the product or the quality of your work 
matters a lot more because if the quality isn't good, it doesn't really matter if the documentation's there because, for example, if you're building software, nobody's going to want to use it. Or maybe it's just plain unusable, right? So those types of core values, the things that, yes, sure, contracts and negotiations are important, but guess what? Talking to your customer and getting feedback from them regularly and making sure that you're giving them what they're asking for from a professional standpoint is going to be a lot more important than that, that contract. Not that that contract isn't important, but let's say you spent a year building a product and then you give it to the customer, they've paid for it, and they can't use it. It sits on a shelf. So it's not saying that some of those things aren't important. I think the values of Scrum are just saying, these are the things that are a little bit more important, and it's all centered around collaboration, around visibility, around communication. Taiichi Ono is the founder of Kanban, and he was the CEO of Toyota Corporation, the Toyota Corporation. And the whole point behind Kanban, which is actually a Japanese word that means signboard or billboard, um, was to bring visibility, to bring light, right? The reason he developed Kanban was so that he could help the flow of his production system. Now look at to Toyota now, a pretty, pretty important part of our, our industry or, or of the car industry. So it's all about bringing visibility. It's all about bringing light. It's all about collaboration and putting people and their interactions over documentation or over tools and processes. So the next question in the chat is from Aaron Lemmerman. Um, how do you decide when to use Scrum, Scrum versus Kanban? Can you please go into a little more detail on the difference between the two and when to choose one? Sure. So if I, if I were having to choose between Scrum and Kanban uh, on a professional, from a professional standpoint, I would look at the type of work that the team does. Does my team have a set delivery date? They have known work that I could build or, or their product um, teams have built a, a full product backlog from. They know exactly what the value is. They know exactly what needs to get done work, and they're able to pull that work in. It's ready and prepared for them. Do they, are they set up in an environment where they can time box themselves and commit to that work and deliver? Or is it more like a DevOps team? or a maintenance team, right? Maybe I have a team that has continuous flow of work. Maybe you're just that, if it's from a professional standpoint, and this is why I gave that example before, maybe you're somebody that has continuous work coming in. Maybe it's a, um, a teacher. Maybe it's somebody, uh, maybe an analyst, somebody who's got work constantly coming in from all sides. And that work could be different, it could be the same, but it's a lot easier managed because you can't set a time box on yourself. Your delivery has to be continuous and that flow of work doesn't stop. So for a team maybe in software where their focus is maintenance, it does make more sense for them to be a Kanban team because they have that known work that's continuous that will continue to flow in, that will continuously need to be done and kept up with. And it makes more sense for them to set wit limits on themselves to make sure they don't become bottlenecks and they're getting things done but to allow that work to continuously flow and allow that autonomy and cross-functionality to grow within themselves. Uh, there's a question from Sam. 
Uh, what common challenges do you encounter trying to coach people and or teams to use Agile? Do you have any strategies for building trust with teams? So it's not always easy, right? For me, this is common sense. For me, when I talk about Agile, putting people over process is common sense. For me, it's common sense to make sure that the quality of what I'm giving for, surpasses any documentation, although I hope my documentation is pretty good too, right? So it is difficult to be in the role where you have to guide and coach others to understand and to grasp and to embrace this process. It takes time. When I first started in this industry and when I first started down this path, I had a manager who told me, give it time. And I would get so frustrated. I would say, okay, give it time. I don't know what that means, but I have all these questions. And how do I get them to support me? And how do I get them to give me a seat at the table? And how do I, and then I realized that it takes time. It takes time because they have to embrace it themselves. And the best that you can do is continue to coach, continue to guide, and continue to find avenues of influence. It's kind of like all of us, right? There might be something that we absolutely positively don't like. And we maybe look at Dr. Seuss, right? This is a great example, green eggs and ham. So Sam I am didn't like green eggs and ham, right? And he fought and fought throughout the whole book that he was not going to eat green eggs and ham. And to be quite honest, I probably wouldn't either. But the moral of the story is that at the end, once he finally tried it and tasted it, he wanted it again. So I think the key to Agile is that when those that you're coaching and those that you're supporting finally taste it and they taste the success that they get from this mindset, they're going to want to keep doing it. And that's when your patience will pay off. Jamie, there's a question from Leslie. When did you have your aha moment when you realized your agile skills could be applied in your personal experience? Could you tell us about it? Sure. So I would say when I first started down the journey, um, probably about six months in, I saw the success that I was working at the time in, in our marketing with our marketing teams in our marketing department at Highland. And I saw the success that they were having. I saw that our creative designers that were once bogged down and overwhelmed by all the, the product content teams and, and, and the folks writing all of the content for all of our marketing, if you can imagine how big that must be, it was really on two or three individuals to do all the videos, to do all the photography, to put it all together. And it was just too much for them. And I saw how it changed that change impacted them, that having that type of workflow impacted them, having those conversations and being able to feel safe in a place where they could say, this isn't working for me. And I'm okay to say that. I know you don't think that I'm failing at my job. I know I'm good at my job, but you know what? You're asking the impossible of me. And I think it was at that moment, about six months into my journey, that I realized I can do this at home. At the time, I had a one-year-old. I was starting a new career path, and I also had a seven-year-old, sorry, six-year-old at the time, son. And for me, it was, okay, if they can do this, how can I apply this to my everyday life? How can I be a full-time working mom with a spouse that travels and works all the time, seven days a week, and still manage my life with two kids 
and make them happy and make sure they have what they need. Um, Jamie, this is just a, a statement. Um, great presentation. Um, the biggest takeaway uh, for that individual was to make sure you celebrate something they don't do often and thank you for the reinforcement. You are so welcome. Jamie, I have another question. And it's kind of along the lines of the previous one. Um, can you share how you are using Agile at home? Sure. So my youngest, as I mentioned, is seven. He'll be eight in August. And he's got a very big personality. Love him. But it can be very difficult to get my theatrical guy to sit down and focus on work, right? And I have a complete opposite in my older son, who, who will be 13 in June. He is, although they're both straight-A students, mama's winning somewhere, um, my oldest is the kid who will sit down and focus. He gets up gets dressed, brushes his teeth, sits down, and does his work on Google Classroom. And he's done within two hours because he doesn't move. He focuses, and he gets done what he has to get done. The little guy, not so much. He is my outdoorsman. He wants to run. He wants to play. He's sport. He's, every sport he tries, he's great at. That's, that's his passion. That's what drives him. So even though he's a smart little cookie and he's more than capable of getting those straight A's, it definitely takes a lot of coaching and a lot of influencing to get him to sit still and get him to focus. And what he really enjoys doing is crossing things off on lists he got that from me, not going to lie, um, <laughs> a little bit of OCD in me, um, but the great thing is, is that I was able to translate that, check it off the list or cross it off the list into a scrum board for him. So every day we print out what he has to do and we put it onto that board and then he gets to move those pieces one by one by himself and he owns that and being able to do that. It, I didn't do it quite at first, I will admit. I was so overwhelmed with all the changes and trying to figure out work and my husband's work that it didn't really dawn on me, even, even after all these years of doing this myself. And then I took out my bearings. I slowed down to speed up. And I said, all right, I got to do something for him. I think a scrum board will work. And it really does. He now gets his work done within an hour and a half in the day. And it was, it was literally taking him five hours a day. We have another one from Sam. What strategies do, you, strategies do you suggest for managing dysfunction or communication breakdowns on a team? So the best thing, and I know it's hard, the team has to own those things and, and hold each other accountable. I think that as a scrum master, it's important that when you're in that space with a team, that you're making sure that it's safe right? That's the first, first priority. You need to make sure that that space is safe so that everybody feels like they have a voice, that it's okay to speak um, what they're feeling, what they're concerned about, and that it will be received not just professionally, but as a person, right? Like personally, you're respecting that other person's space and that other person's feeling, that other person's views. So that's the first step, right? Make sure that you're safe. And if you don't feel safe in that situation, if you're the one on that team and you don't feel safe, make sure you're communicating that to your scrum master. Make sure you're communicating that to your leadership so that they know maybe it's, maybe it's a bigger problem that needs to be addressed at another level. And then I'll say once you feel that safety, it's really up to the team. Because as a scrum master or as any agilist or even a, an agile coach would say, if I tell you what's wrong, 
it might plant a seed, right? But it is owning it on your own. It is having a teammate come to you and say, this is not working. This is why it's not working. This is what I'd like to see change. Maybe we need to develop some norms as a team, some things that we agree to, a team agreement, right? You could even have a family agreement if it's your family. Let's just agree that these are the things we're going to hold ourselves accountable to. But those are things that the team needs to own and the team needs to call out on their own because no matter how many times I as a scrum master may tell you, it's not going to resonate and you might not even want to change it until you're able to embrace it and own it on your own. Are there any other questions for Jamie or for Get Wet It? Uh, the one thing I forgot to mention um, for the upcoming WITCON 2020 conference is that early bird pricing is still currently available um, for the conference, and that'll be through the end of May. Um, I'd like to thank Jamie um, for presenting and bringing this knowledge and just her, her authentic self um, to all of us. So thank you, Jamie. Um, Jamie, if others want to get in touch with you, um, would you be able to display your information again for the group? There you go. All right. Can everybody see it? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Jamie. And thank you to all of you um, for joining this. And hopefully we will see you in um, two weeks on April 29th. Um, please feel free to bring a friend. Um, the more we can empower women and encourage them to just rise up and support each other, um, the more successful we will all be. So thank you to everybody and you have a healthy and happy, happy night. Thank you. Thank you. Bye everybody. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.